All right, if you will, please, uh, or you also have it in your bulletins, um, you may go ahead. We are going to be starting off in Luke chapter 16, and then we'll have some references to other passages as well. And we are taking a break uh, a little bit for, uh, from our study through the Gospel of Mark. Um, and so we are actually looking this morning at what happens when the wicked dies, what happens when the wicked dies. And so I will begin reading at Luke chapter 16, verse 19, okay, verse 19. Hear ye then the word of the Lord. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things, but now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever and ever. And Father, we do thank you for thy holy word. And here, Father, this, this parable, this incident, uh, Lord, that we are given and revealed by our Lord Jesus Christ of what has occurred between one man who went to heaven and one man who went to hell. And Father, we pray, grant us understanding and illumination by your Spirit. We ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Now, I've had this particular question, what happens when the wicked dies? I've had that come up uh, many times over the years as well, and, and several times even here at Antioch, I've had that very same question. So I thought we'd go ahead and look at that a little bit closer here today. Um, having said that, uh, I will... Pray for me. I'll do my best. Uh, we have a whole lot more revealed to us uh, what occurs on the judgment day than we have what occurs between now and then. Uh, okay, so but we have enough to understand and to see. And so, primarily, then, what does happen when the ungodly, when the unbelievers, when the wicked dies? Okay, those who know not the Lord Jesus Christ, who have rejected him and the gospel and want nothing to do with him. And remember, the sinner is already and still is dead in sin and trespasses. They already, remember, Jesus said, You are, 
you know, under the wrath of God, you are condemned already, even if they, whatever they may say. So they're already condemned, but they must be born again. They must be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Of course, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Now we know that at the end of time, okay, talking about eschatology, the last days and all that. So we know at the end of time, when the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he will come with clouds, great clouds. And of course, we know the sky, the clouds will be rolled back as a scroll on that great and glorious day when Christ shall reveal himself. And with the return of Christ, he comes to judge all the nations on the earth, every single person who has ever lived. Every single person who has ever lived and lives at the present when he returns, okay? And so he will do so on the last day. And we know that Jesus said this. He said, the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. And he also says, he has given him authority. The Father has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this. For the hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Now notice that there is this general resurrection of the just and the unjust that is here together. He said all will come out, okay, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment, okay. So on the last day, we do know at that last hour with that trumpet blast, Jesus comes to judge all those who have ever lived. And our living, okay, on that day. And of course, on that day, Jesus will be seated upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him, every single one of them, all of them. And Jesus said, I will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. It will be to the sheep, okay, his sheep, his chosen, his bride, his elect from eternity past, as we is revealed to us in Ephesians chapter 1 and 2, all those, okay, um, his elect, all those who have believed upon him, all those who have died and gone before, all those who have faith in God's Messiah, whether Old or New Testament, those who are trusting in God's Messiah, hear the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, it doesn't matter if they were Jews or Gentiles. Okay, it doesn't matter. All those who had faith in the promised Messiah, whether Old or New Testament, whether Jew or Gentile, will be there. Every single one of them. And Christ will say to his sheep, because he has separated them, you know, as a shepherd does, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, and have the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Okay. But to all those who refuse to repent, who refuse to believe in God's only begotten Son, the only Savior for sinners, Christ will say to every single one of them, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And he says, And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now remember, this is at the resurrection on that last day. Body and soul. You always remember that. Body and soul. And so we all now understand, based on that, what will happen on the last day. I think there's no confusion. We realize that's going to take place. All are going to be resurrected. 
at the same time, okay, the estimate, the, the, the just first, you know, in Christ, and then second, the unbelievers, and all that. However, all will be resurrected on that day, both the sheep and the goats, and all will give an account before the Lord Jesus Christ for their lives. Even the believers will give an account before Christ, even though they are saved by grace, and they will give an account for the deeds they've done in the body. And so the sheep will be raised up, and they will be glorified, have glorified bodies, they'll be vindicated by Christ before all nations. Christ himself will say, this is one of my sheep. Let them all know. And of course, those who knew them and treated them accordingly, because they were in Christ, the judgment will be even harsher. And then they shall enter into heaven, of course, to behold the face of the Lord of glory, of Christ, for all eternity, and will look upon him forever and ever in our bodies and souls, doing so before him. Likewise, we know the goats, all the unbelievers who died in their sins, they will be resurrected as well, but they will not be raised in glorified bodies. They will be the same bodies they had before, but they are not glorified bodies, but they will be bodies suitable for their final destination, if you will, which is where but the lake of fire, also known as hell, all right? Okay, an eternity in hell, which waits for them, where the Bible says the smoke of their torment rises up forever and ever, and there's only darkness, and they feel the very separation uh, from God as well there. There will never be any release for them. They'll always be there. There'll be no second chances. There is no purgatory, no other place. There is no hope for them. They are cast into hell itself. And that is where there will be body and soul for all eternity. No annihilation, no final destruction, but rather they will burn without being consumed. They will feel the pain and the sorrows, but they will never ever cease for them. And so we all understand then what will take place on the last day. Okay, I think we all got that. I've kicked that dog enough, I think, right? However, what about... Before the last day, what about tomorrow or next month or next year before the Lord returns on that last day? What happens then? What about if a Christian or a non-Christian dies before the last day comes? Where do they go? They've got to go somewhere. i tell you where it's not going to be. It's not inside of the heart of the earth, you know, where it's magma and, and the iron core and all this kind of stuff. It's not going to be like that. And so we will consider all this with these two questions. First of all, what happens when a Christian dies now? And then secondly, what's even more interesting is what happens when the wicked dies now? And the real question is this. What will happen to you now if that occurs today? All right, so let's go ahead and consider then our first question. I will be making references to other text as we go along. Uh, here I'll be using Luke 16 kind of as a groundwork because you see since he refers to his brethren that is prior to the last day, prior to the resurrection. And yet we see where he is. All right, And that's understanding. Pivotal for that. What happens when a Christian dies? Now in Luke chapter 16 we saw the rich man and Lazarus there in the word of God. Lazarus we know was a poor man but he was a man of faith, otherwise he would not be there, okay? Uh, but Christ makes it clear that he was a believer when he died. 
You have faith in the promised Messiah, even in his poverty and even his starvation. He had faith in the Lord. And so he goes to be with the Lord. Now, likewise, okay, uh, the rich man is here who saw Lazarus day after day after day. He saw Lazarus there begging for food, begging for a handout because he was unable to feed himself in some manner. He was always, I imagine, brought there and laid there uh, before them. But Lazarus was there every day, and he was never helped by the man who lived in the mansion there, who died sumptuously every single day. And we were told that Lazarus longed, longed just to have the crumbs that might fall to the floor, might fall to the ground, and even have that. But this man never helped Lazarus at all. He never gave him food or drink, never gave him any clothing, no shelter, nothing. And so this man would know that Lazarus was a man of faith. He would know that. But this man never kept the commandments of God. How did Jesus summarize them? To love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. He violated the entirety of the Ten Commandments all the days of his life. Never repentance. Never an expression of love for a neighbor, you know, never any of that. He was given here for us as the epitome of the unbeliever. Here we have the epitome of the wicked who never trusted in Christ, the Messiah, the promised Messiah, the Savior of souls. He never trusted in him. And we have to understand that. So Lazarus died. Lazarus died, and immediately he was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. You may have Abraham's bosom, but that's what we're talking about, you know, underneath the arm, that kind of thing, okay? And Lazarus is received into heaven, all right? He's immediately carried to Abraham's side, meaning Lazarus went to heaven. That's exactly what that means, by the way. He did not fall asleep for thousands of years to be awakened later on. He did not fall asleep. Uh, He was fully aware of where he was. Lazarus was walking, if you will, the streets of gold, okay? And and he is there. He's fully aware. He's conscious. He is not asleep. He is not knocked out. He's not in a coma. He's not in soul sleep, as many has been tried to say. He is there at Abraham's side, okay? Abraham's bosom. That is not some magical compartment inside the earth that's divided between you know, you got the righteous over here, and they're not quite heaven, not quite anything else, but, but anyway, it's right there, and they're happy, but it's not heaven. That's what that's really comes from a Roman Catholic tradition, as well as some Jewish mythology that's there. Okay, so they have that. And then the other side, uh, those who are in torment, so they would say Hades, okay, or Sheol, or something like that, they would say that's where they're at. And, uh, and so they're waiting, of course, there. And so that's the reason why they come up with that is to really propagate uh, what they have as their doctrine of purgatory, like a second chance where you burn for a while. It's like hell, but not quite hell. No, it is hell. Okay, it is hell. And Jesus is making that clear for us. So why do I say that? He was fully conscious of his existence. Okay, Lazarus knows completely uh, what he is doing there. He didn't wait. He wasn't unconscious, but he was escorted there by the angel of God. Now, why do I say all of this? Because there are cults and there are Christian sects that are out there as well that try to say and they teach what's called soul sleep. I have even seen a gospel track that 
in particular, one is kind of a cartoon version of a track that is there, and they have the guy, and God says, rise, and, and his soul, which is still in his uh, body, in the, in the tomb, and the, and the casket wakes up, and his soul floats out, and Where, what's happening to me? I don't know what's going on, because he's been asleep for, for all this time. And, uh, that is not true. There is nothing in the Bible that teaches that, that is based on a false tradition, and a lot of these places have embraced that. A lot of those who hold to soul sleep have embraced an error that is not in Scripture, and you are not unconscious, you are not asleep, you are fully aware and awake. You'll never sleep, okay, in that condition. Essentially, they say we have a, an unconscious and unaware existence during that time. And that is not true, as we see based on Luke 16. Now, having said all that, where was Lazarus' body? Well, his body was in the grave, okay? His body is there until the resurrection, because at the resurrection, Christ calls from the grave when our souls are then reunited to our bodies for the Christian, they're glorified bodies, but they're the same bodies, and we will recognize each other. They're perfect. They're glorified you know, you might look a little bit brighter on that day and all that, but we're glorified bodies when he calls us from the grave. And so the body in the grave, okay, the physical body, returns to the dust, and the body decays, and it putrefies. And, and if, yes, if you're in the ocean to get eaten by sharks and whatever else, yes, God calls your body from death, your body is instantly made whole again, all right? Okay, if you were back in the days and they, you know, burned the bodies up on a pyre or something like that, and they turned to ashes or whatever, their bodies will be resurrected and they'll be glorified. So don't, uh, don't think that, you know, I've had people say, what's going to happen? You know, my arms and legs are eaten off by crabs and all this kind of stuff. And uh, No, you'll be complete, okay? Now, having said where their bodies are, their bodies are in the graves, where that grave might be, or an urn, if it happens to be in an urn or something, but uh, where are their souls? Well, the Bible says this over in Ecclesiastes, the soul returns to God who gave it. The soul returns to God who gave it. The, the body returns to the dust, to the earth, the soul returns to God. And as we see the case with Lazarus, he immediately went into the presence of God in heaven. His body still remains in the grave until the last day when Christ calls forth the dead from the graves and his soul will be reunited to his body. But his soul is alive. Lazarus is conscious and he is active. He is not sleeping. He has not been knocked out. He is fully awake and aware. We have to understand what's going on with Lazarus is going on in the opposite side with here, the wicked man, okay, this ungodly man. Now, the Westminster Confession, chapter 32, it's a pretty good summary, by the way, and you can find it, uh, they have uh, references, scripture references for each part. Here we read again, the bodies of men after death return to the dust and see corruption, meaning they decay and all that. But their souls, which never die nor sleep, having an immortal subsistence, not immortal in themselves, but kept together and immortal because of God who keeps us. Always remember that. We don't have immortality of our own, but rather we are dependent completely on Almighty God. Always remember that. Okay, so having an immortal subsistence immediately returned to God who gave them. The souls of the righteous, being made perfect in holiness, are received into the highest heaven, okay, where they behold the face of God and light of 
and glory waiting for the full redemption of their bodies. Now, remember the thief on the cross. Remember him who asked Jesus to remember him. Jesus told him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Luke 23, 43. You'll be with me today. Paradise is a euphemism for heaven, and it always is. He didn't say, well, you know, on that day you'll be wearing a hole somewhere. And not, don't worry, you'll be on the right side. Okay, you'll be in a good part of that hole. No, he's not saying that you will be with me in heaven. All right? Uh, paradise refers to heaven. You can also compare 2 Corinthians 12, verse 4, and you can also look at Revelation 2, verse 7. It's a reference to heaven. Paradise is heaven. Okay? Today, that thief will look upon the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. He looks upon him and beholds his glory. Remember, Jesus promised that thief heaven because he believed. He said, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus basically looks over and says, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, today, today, you'll be with me in heaven, in paradise. And so then, at physical death, say tomorrow, if a Christian dies, his soul does what? Your soul immediately goes into heaven and to behold the Lord. You will go there, your soul immediately goes into his hands, okay? You're ushered into glory by the angels of God and you are there. So if a Christian dies, you're a believer in the promised Messiah. Whether you're Jew or Gentile, you're a Christian, okay? And you will go into the presence of Christ. Now on the last day, when Jesus returns, now remember this, I'm saying these things as a parallel, we want to understand what's happening to one is kind of happening to the other in the opposite sense. So we need to remember that as we go through. On the last day when Jesus returns, he will bring all those souls with him who are in heaven right now, and their bodies will be resurrected and glorified and united, and they're prepared for the eternal state. The eternal state is not your spirit floating around. Okay? You're not a ghost like Casper floating around down New Orleans or wherever it might be. Okay? You will be body and soul forever and ever. Glorified body and soul meet suitable for your eternal life, a destination before God. That is to be your condition because Christ is what? He is in body and soul as well right now. And we will be like Jesus, our Savior who is God and man, but we will be like him, body and soul. So remember, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Why? Because we go to be with the Lord when we die. Paul didn't think, he think, well, you know, if I die right now, it's good for you if I stay, but uh, I really want to go right now because I have to wait a couple thousand years before the last day. And no, he expected, no, I'll go and it's better for me if I, if I go and I'll be with the Lord right now. But for your sakes, I must remain in the body for the ministry that he must still do, the work that he must accomplish, okay? So absent from the body is always what? To be present with the Lord. Always to be present with the Lord for the believer. No soul sleep, no soul sleep, no unconsciousness, no waiting in the dirt, okay? Uh, no dwelling in the, in the heart of the earth in a compartment called the bosom of Abraham. Uh, that is not... Uh, Another destination for the believer. Okay, that is a reference for heaven. Okay, uh, that is a Jewish myth and Roman Catholic false tradition. You have to remember that is not based on the Word of God. Ever is it based on Scripture? The Bible knows only two places: heaven and hell. Paradise, 
okay, or a Hades, okay, either one, Hades in the Gospels, Hades in the New Testament, almost always refers to hell. Okay, sometimes, a few times, it may refer, refer simply to the grave. You also have the Hebrew word Sheol. Now, the opposite takes place there in the Old Testament in Hebrew. The word Sheol almost always refers to the grave. But there are some times when it refers to hell, okay? So we have to always understand that. Hades and the Gospels and the New Testament of the whole refers typically to hell itself. The lake of fire, if you will. Just another name for it, the same place, essentially. So what? that's basically the easy part. I think we understand that a little bit more. Um, uh, we now know that the Christian, at death, immediately goes to heaven, and they'll be resurrected body and soul in the last day, of course, uh, when the Lord comes on that day. But immediately their soul goes into heaven itself, okay, treading the streets of gold, if you will, in that manner. All right, so let's consider then our second question. A little bit harder, all right, and I admit that. What happens when the wicked die? Now, there's this parallel, okay? So remember that parallel that I'm trying to make. Both of them will be a final destination. Both of them will be an eternity, if you will, all right? Eternity lasting forever and ever and ever. Now, of course, like all people, we know the Bible says in Hebrews, it is appointed in the man wants to die, And after this, the judgment. So the very destiny of the soul is decided at death. Now, what does that mean? That means there's no second chances. This is, and I've said it many times, this life you're in is your second chance. So what do we do? Repent and believe the gospel, obviously. So you go back to Luke 16, at death, the rich man was buried and was immediately cast into hell. That's what we're talking about. He's immediately cast into hell. His soul has been placed in hell. Now here, the reference to Hades, if you have that, is a reference to hell itself. The lake of fire is a picture for us of what happens to the unbelieving, unregenerate soul. He finds himself in torments, unceasing pain and anguish of body and soul. We have to remember that. It never ends. Now notice... This particular wicked man here in hell, he is completely aware of his surroundings. He's completely aware of where he is. He's completely feeling every single thing that is happening to him there in hell. He does, and he knows, and he understands, and he's fearful for his brothers who are still alive on the earth. So that tells us he is in hell. Now verse uh, Actually, the Westminster Confession, chapter 32, again, referring to the wicked. Let me read that again. The souls of the wicked are cast into hell where they remain in torments and utter darkness, reserved to the judgment of the great day. Because beside these two places for souls separated from their bodies, heaven and hell, the scriptures acknowledge none. There are none of us, nothing else. Is heaven or hell. No second chances, no third parties, no uh, nothing like that. And so the rich man in Luke 16, he woke up in hell. He died, he was buried, and his soul was cast into hell. So where is his body then at this time? His physical body's in the grave to return to the dust. And his soul, as the Bible says, returns to God who gave it, and he sends it into hell. 
He casts it into hell. As, if you will, Lazarus was ushered by the angels into heaven, likewise his soul is ushered into hell itself. All right? In his soul right now. Now, when the wicked die today, their souls immediately are cast into torment. They are cast into hell, and they burn not to be consumed, but they burn forever and ever to experience the pain and torments uh, for all eternity. There is no purgatory where they go and they burn for a little while, and they get up, get out after 200 years past go. Okay, you don't have any of that. It's not there at all. Now, there is no prayer that you can make or pay for or buy somebody's soul out of hell. Uh, there's not any chance of that. You cannot shorten their time in hell at all. Okay, you can't do it. Mary can't help you. The saints can't help you. They can't hear you. They are not an omniscient. They can't hear you at all. Okay? There's no help for those once they're cast into hell. Now, that's still not their eternal state. Remember now, the, the Christian... The believers, whether Jew or Gentile, those who have faith in the promised Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, their souls have been ushered into heaven. The wicked, their souls have been ushered into hell. Now the last day, they're going to be what? Resurrected. They're going to be resurrected. The just in heaven and those in hell or the just who are still alive or what, you know what I mean. But I'm trying to make the parallel that's here for us. Okay, and so we see they're both going to be resurrected on that day. Because they're going, their eternal state is body and soul. We always have to remember that. That is how man was created, and that is how they shall go to their final destination, if you will. All right, so we need to understand that. Um, so that's not their eternal state. On the last day, Jesus will call forth all those that have died. And yes, the ungodly, they shall rise too. They will be resurrected as well. They will be torn. Their souls will be ripped out of, the, out of the pit, if you will, out of hell. And they shall be resurrected on that day. When Jesus says, rise, they have no choice but to rise. Their bodies rise at the call of the Creator. Okay? And so their souls resurrect. Now, this means their souls were united to their bodies again. Their souls are united to their bodies, and they face the judgment of Christ, and then they will be cast body and soul into hell. And we know that the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever and ever, and that is their eternal state. Body and soul in hell forever. We need to understand that. We need to realize that. Don't give people some kind of a, a secondary shot or chance that, well, don't worry, you know, as long as you don't do this or that, you, you know, as long as you don't uh, uh, deny Christ at the end of the Antichrist is there and all that, then you'll go to heaven. And all that. Don't try to give people a second chance. They need to hear the call of the gospel today. They must repent of their sins and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation of their souls, body and soul. Okay, the salvation of their soul. And they must believe today. They need to repent and believe today because you don't know what tomorrow may hold. Okay, body and soul, meaning their torments in hell will be even far greater and far worse than they could ever imagine. Body and soul. So the question is this then. We have ultimately, we know the final destination of those on the last day. We know what's going to happen to us. 
If the Christian dies today, your soul immediately goes into the presence of the Lord. And those who are ungodly, they're immediately cast into hell. But on the last day, all are going to be resurrected and put back together, if you will, body and soul. And they'll stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. Will he be your savior or will he be your judge? That's the question. Will he be your savior or your judge on that last day? Because there's only one savior of sinners. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one resurrection that's going to be where your body and soul will go for its final destination. There's only heaven or hell. And there's still only one way to go to heaven. Only one way to escape the pit. Only one way, and that is through the blood of Christ. Faith in him and faith in Jesus Christ himself, who is the Son of God, who is the judge of the universe. Will we repent and believe while it's still called today? Faith in Christ is what we need. Repentance from sin and trust in Christ and you have life. It will be your possession, eternal life. Faith in Christ now gives you eternal life. Faith in Jesus Christ or again on the other side and the parallel if you will. Will you reject him and remain in your sins and face the reality of hell if we die now or face the reality of hell, body and soul at the end is still hell? We'll be ready for Jesus on that day when he comes. We'll be ready if he comes tonight or tomorrow. Will he say, well done, good and faithful servant? Or will he say, depart? From me, you cursed into the lake of fire, which is hell. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for thy holy word. We do thank you, Father, for here, for the warning that we have before us as well. O Lord, that the ungodly would turn from their wicked ways. O Lord, turn from that unto the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. Lord, we might see many converted today, O Lord, across our land and around this world. So many are hanging by a hair, Lord. Hanging by a hair above the very pit of hell. It's just a breath that would break that thread and find their souls cast into the lake of fire itself, body and soul. Oh, Lord, we pray for those many who, who still don't know your son, Father. Use us, O oh Lord, as we reach out to the others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Use us, O Lord, as we call them to repentance and faith. Father, help us to not shirk from our responsibilities and our duty to take the gospel to everyone. And Lord, that your sheep will hear and they'll follow Christ. Father, use us, O Lord, to reach the lost, that we might see another and another and another soul in heaven. Although we ask and we thank you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Let's all go ahead now.